Jimmy Butler is your Eastern Conference Player of the Week. We'll talk about Max Struess's injury, and then we'll talk about the Miami mashup jerseys that have just been introduced by the team. You're listening to Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat, the longest running podcast covering your Miami Heat. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Remember that every episode is always free and available wherever you get the show. So make sure you subscribe and follow to get the best coverage available. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. This is your second official day back on the podcast, Wes. How was your first yeah. day? And what was the reception like from everybody out there? Pretty incredible. Um, really appreciate everybody just coming out, supporting us, getting back together and doing this show. And one thing I do want to say, I don't think I got a chance to say it the, uh, on our first episode on Monday, but um, this isn't going to be the same Locked On Heat that you and I were doing three, four years ago, right? I think... The Locked On Podcast Network has evolved uh, while you and I have been a part of it. I have, of course, been doing it over at Locked On Warriors for the last couple of years. But this is more than just a podcast, right? Now it's a YouTube channel. It's in some ways a TV show. It is daily as it always was. But we have national sponsorships and we have all these great things, too. Um, and, and you know, I think you and I have a lot of really good ideas that we're going to to bring here. And so, again, I really appreciate you coming on. But I do think that you owe our new YouTube listeners some sort of explanation about why you are a still image right now. I know that there's some construction going on and things like that in your life, but um, yeah, this yeah. is not by accident. It's not like you are frozen right now. No, no that would be weird. Uh, I, I just look uh, right now. I am uh, stuck in between houses kind of waiting, right. for but not homeless. House. No, not homeless. That would that be sounds, even weird. A little bit like you're homeless. Okay. All right. Not, not stuck. Okay. Yeah. I guess when it's you like say being stuck in job, between jobs. Yeah. 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 Okay. I get it. I get it. I, I see how the, the optics are of that you know, well, optic sound. No, that doesn't make sense either. In any case, the, the reality is that I just can't record right now. And in a living situation that's somewhat in turmoil, uh, I, you know, just subjecting our viewers now, not just listeners, but our viewers to me on a regular basis is punishment enough, but to see all the kind of chaos going around them around me is not ne necessary either, but you know what? We'll correct that. Soon I enough. imagine you recording, just giving great analysis on the Miami heat in the middle of like a construction site with like cranes and, and people like hammering nails and things like that. That's basically yeah, what I've, you're doing. I've got a soundproof porta potty that I record mm -hmm. from. It's perfect. Uh, you know, I carved out a little hole so I can kind of see what's going on around me but overall i think it's convenient works really well and again it gives me some free time a little personal space <laughs> so that i can knock out the top quality <laughs> coverage and analysis that everybody's so used to but uh, yeah. you know somebody who's not living under any kind of construction nice segue there jimmy butler the eastern conference player of the week just yesterday we talked about jimmy emerging as a possible mvp candidate and lo and behold he gets the kind of recognition nationally that you and i debated whether or not it was even possible he averaged 28 points eight rebounds 5.3 assists 3.25 steals shot almost 59 percent from the floor 40 percent from three-point range and 93.3 percent from the free throw line that was just unbelievable and of course moreover Miami finished with a 4-0 record during that stretch, too. So a pretty phenomenal week for Jimmy overall. 
and certainly deserving there. I don't even know who else was in consideration. I didn't really read that. It always includes that little blurb at the end of the press release there, but I didn't care. Jimmy deserves it, and I think he was absolutely phenomenal. Your thoughts on his Eastern Conference Player of the Week award? Yeah, so Eastern Conference Player of the Week, Western Conference Player of the Week, these Player of the Week awards, I really don't care about them. I, I There's just not a thing that, like, at the end of a player's career, when you're, you know, splitting hairs about who was better all time, it's not like, well, this guy had, like, 23 Player of the Week awards, and this guy yeah, only had, like, it's, 21. It's got its own category on basketball reference, how many Player of the Week awards. It, it's a done, and you know what? It just takes up space. I really don't care about it. Uh, Steph won Eastern Con- or Western Conference Player of the Week uh, during the first week of the season when I was still doing the Lockdown Warriors show. You know, a lot of Warriors fans wanted to make a big deal out of that, and I was like, I don't think Steph has played all that well. I don't know why. I don't really care that he won it. I'd, I'd, I'd kind of want him to shoot better. You know what I mean? Right, and right. in this instance, Jimmy Butler has played really well. And so that's not really the case here. But that's what's important is that he is playing well. If he wins Eastern Conference Player of the Week, that's great. It does sort of tie into our conversation that we had on Monday about some yes. of the lack of uh, national uh, attention giving to yep. uh, the Heat's start here. But basically, we recorded that on a Sunday night. I wake up on Monday morning. NBA.com has got the Miami Heat ranked number one in their power ranking. ESPN has them, I think, number two. I think the Athletic also has them at number two. Yep. So they're starting to get some shine from the articles, the posts, the blogs, all that kind of stuff. Still waiting for ESPN to give a single segment to them at some point. Um, but as we, you know, right before we started recording, Bet Online came out with their updated odds. The Heat have gone from, I think it was 25 to 1 odds to win the championship to make the finals to 12 to 1. Uh, six best odds in the NBA right now. So people are starting to catch up, and Jimmy Butler winning Eastern Conference Player of the Week is just another example of that. Yeah, uh, I was kind of surprised that this is only the second time during his Heat tenure that he's won it. I mean, so many phenomenal stretches, so many great games from him during the past three seasons. Even last year, when he came back from missing time due to COVID-19, he came back as an MVP candidate. That was when the first kind of sounds about Jim VP started emerging from Heat Twitter. I think he was certainly deserving then of that kind of recognition. He emerged as a top five player his first season in Miami. While he didn't put up monstrous numbers, it was clear that he was the the, the leader of this team, that he established a hierarchy where there was none before. And this past week, I think, is just a whole other level as far as his performance is concerned. Again, you know, I talked about this yesterday. I think that there are issues that voters could look at and say, you know what, with the addition of Kyle Lowry, how important is really is Jimmy actually in, in terms of winning and losing? Bam Adebayo certainly provides an incredible impact on defense and on offense, and so maybe that lightens the load for Jimmy. But all of this is yeah, is I don't ridiculous. know. I, I you you said that yesterday. It was a good point, but I thought about it a little bit more. And don't the Heat still have like? I mean, it's weird because really the only homegrown guys on this roster are Bam, Tyler Hero, and Haslam. Sure, but uh, they still have like this feel of being almost like a homegrown team, and I think that's because all these pieces were sort of layered in in different phases. Right, like you make the sign and trade for Jimmy Butler. Two years later, you make that sign and trade for Kyle Lowry. Bam Adebayo blossoms. Tyler Hero becomes a thing as a rookie um, and is now part of the rotation. You and then you dig up guys like Duncan Robinson, Max Strus. We'll talk about it here in a little bit, and all these other guys. Um, you kind of get a guy like Dwayne Dedman off, you know, the 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 unwanted pile of free agency and stuff like that. But it's not really homegrown and yet it still feels a little homegrown and because of that i think that there it's not going to be a situation like when lebron first got to miami and didn't and didn't win mvp because derrick rose got it instead because there was like a homegrown narrative going on with him and the chicago bulls that year sure uh i don't think that that narrative is going to work counter to this heat team but i could be wrong 
I think a lot of national guys still think of Jimmy as kind of a selfish asshole, to be honest with you. I, I think yeah. he's he's got that reputation from his days in Minnesota. Uh, you know, there's you think the, the MVP voters think that way? I do. I really yeah, do. Like the old school I, ones. Yeah, no, maybe not even so old school. I remember talking to Ben Golliver last year about this, uh, and and just his view of Jimmy, how he kind of burned his bridges on his way out, and things of that sort. I, I think that's left kind of a bad taste in a lot of voters' mouths about the way he does things. Well, and, you and I you can know, work on Ben. That's fine. That's yeah, no doubt. But I mean, everybody else. So I, I just I think they still there's this view that a lot of his actions and his internet presence and everything else is yeah. kind of performative, like the three o'clock the three o'clock practice session when he first joined the team, even overly dribbling or loudly dribbling in the Orlando bubble. Those kind I mean, of it things. was, that was performative, but was there was it? also a point. Well, it's performative for the people around him, I suppose. And so in a way it is, but it had a point to it. It wasn't just, Hey, let me just show you how good I am at karaoke just for the hell of it. It was like, no, I'm going to show you how early I'm getting in so that you feel a little bit of peer pressure. So to, to, to work as hard or work as early as I do. I don't really care if he wakes up at 3 a.m. That to me, like you could work just as hard as 3 a.m. Sure. as you do at 8 a.m. I really don't care. Uh, right. But it, some of it was a little performative. Uh, but that's fine, you know. And I and I think that if the Heat start winning, and you compare that group and those players to the mess that's happening in Brooklyn, to the mess that's happening in Philadelphia, maybe still a little bit of fatigue from Milwaukee. Uh, I don't know. I, I I'm just. I, I think you're absolutely right. There's parts of it. I'm just, maybe I'm a little bit more skeptical about how much that will continue to play a factor going forward. And obviously, look, player of the week stuff isn't by voters. You just kind of look like, okay, who got who averaged the most points per game and had like nice counting stats for a week? Let's give it to that player. It's really not a, a, a difficult process. But um, when player of the month comes along and, the, and if the Heat are still playing well and Jimmy Butler is still playing this way, then he could have a say at at player of the month. And that is when you really start to have a conversation about like all NBA and MVP and stuff like that. Should we, we should mention, by the way, Bam Adebayo getting some votes for player of the week too. I thought that was earned. Yeah, deserved. I, I mean, it's that's part of the, the problem there as far as, you know, potential votes being taken away from Jimmy and stuff like that. But uh, look, uh, it's this is all ridiculous. The narratives have to start building and you're absolutely right about the player of the month helping to kind of add to that whole story. It has to be a good story. And the one thing that really adds to it more than anything else is winning. If this team is able to establish themselves as one of the tops in the Eastern Conference, surpassing either a Brooklyn or a Milwaukee, I think that certainly helps Jimmy's case. And it certainly helps all the other players on this roster in terms of award recognition and things of that sort. But you know what? We'll talk a little bit about one of the team's greatest strengths, which had been one of the team's greatest question marks going into the season. But right now, I want to talk to you about prize picks. NBA fanatics, if you've heard about prize picks, it's a daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game uh, all users of the all of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100 instant deposit match of up to 100 dollars. just be sure to use the promo code nba you can pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry it's just you versus the projected numbers use the award-winning app on both the app store and google play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy just a minute of your day price picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals don't hesitate check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code nba or go to your app store and download the app today price picks is daily fantasy made easy 
All right, back here with Locked On Heat. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Um, all right, so here's the deal. We saw the Max Struess injury um, Saturday night against Memphis, David, and it didn't look good in the moment. Max Struess obviously uh, comes with his share of injury history toward his ACL a couple of years ago, and that was his fear, right, talking with reporters um, in Dallas today about the fact that he might have suffered something as catastrophic. But it turns out it's not. He is out with now a sprained left knee, a sprain, not a tear, not an ACL, nothing like that. So good news. Max Cruz talked about how relieved he was about the fact that it wasn't something as serious as an ACL, that it's just a sprained left knee. That said, he is still expected to be out for at least a couple of weeks now, which is a substantial amount of time. And the Miami Heat, they've gotten uh, this far in part because of their starting lineup is so good, but also because the depth has become somewhat of an advantage for them early on. But Max Struess was a big part of that. He was sort of your backup Duncan Robinson, a guy who, when Duncan Robinson was struggling, would come yep. in, hit some threes on all these things, and was, you know, kind of one of these guys who you and I talked about as, as one of these players who can make a mini leap this year and become a real factor in a night-to-night rotation. But he's going to be out of that rotation now for quite a while. So where does this leave Miami going forward? In a tough spot, honestly, because even on Friday's game when Duncan was struggling from the floor, or wait, yeah, on Friday's game, because on Saturday, Duncan actually wound up shooting five of 10 from the three point line. But, Mm -hmm. you know, on Friday, Duncan looked a little lost. People were kind of griping already. There were some big numbers, even while, you know, Miami was in the midst of a blowout there. And, you know, it seemed pretty obvious that at least Max could provide some aspect of what Duncan was doing out there. And then he went in there and he did. He provided some energy, hit a couple of shots when Duncan had not been able to up to that point. And I, I think. It's it does put Miami in a tough spot because you don't want to. It seems like so much of this is kind of delicate. There's a delicate balance to this roster because you can't suffer any injury to Kyle Lowry. We already saw what happened when he missed one game this season, and then Game Vincent was put in the starting lineup, and he did not handle that job particularly well. Not a knock on Gabe. It's just he's not Kyle Lowry. He's not a Hall of Fame point guard. Uh, if Jimmy were to miss time for some reason, uh, then all of a sudden. What's your next best option? And and that would have been Max. I think he probably would have gotten the starting nod in that case. But now that he's going to be missing a couple of weeks, there aren't a lot of options. The only one that you really have is Caleb. I, I think he's the only one that you can really continue to play out there. I think he's going to be a, a, an option for uh, Miami and for Coach Spo. He looks like he has some promise. I think there's some potential there. Athletically, he seems like he provides a lot of jimmy-esque qualities he makes that play he, he's willing to you know go after that chase down block he can can challenge on a rebound and things of that sort he does have some hops the shooting isn't there he can't draw fouls to the same degree although he does pretty you know he does a pretty good job all things considered i think he's just going to get a lot more playing time than i think eric spolster had expected to he didn't play at all against his brother cody martin in charlotte uh on charlotte against on friday and then on saturday he wound up playing some significant minutes there uh, against the grizzlies so i wonder how that's going to change the rotation going forward. The big question, I think, is also, does this speed up Victor Oladipo's return? Does this put any pressure no. on the Miami I, coaching staff? I mean, it, it shouldn't. I, I don't think it should at all. Um, I understand why you would ask that, and it is uh, you know, a worthwhile thing that the Heat should consider, but you, the, the value of Victor Oladipo this season is a ceiling riser, not a fill-in for Max Struess. You know what I mean? So you yeah. got to make sure he is completely healthy and ready to go for a playoff r- a push, um, not necessarily for November, December basketball. Like, I don't even care if he doesn't play until next year, right? It doesn't matter to me. He just has to be ready to go when the games really matter 
um, and when you could potentially be eliminated. Uh, no, I think you're absolutely... Look, we saw Caleb Martin pick up those minutes when Max Drews got hurt against Memphis. It was Caleb Martin playing those Drews minutes down the stretch. I think that's exactly what Spo is going to do. That's fine early in the season. The one thing that you would have to monitor, depending on how long this goes, because all we know is at least a couple of weeks. Like, we don't have an exact timeline here. Caleb Martin's on a two-way contract, right? Um, he's only got 50 games that he could play at the NBA level this season. Right. So when does that start to become a factor? Again, not something you necessarily have to worry about right now because it's so early in the year and you've got a lot of other things going on. So if you're Eric Spolstra, if you're Andy Ellisberg, you're not worrying about that. You just say, all right, let's play Caleb whenever we need him. And that's right. fine. There's other like you could go Casey Akpala and play a little bit bigger more often. I, I just don't find that viable. Casey really isn't giving you much anything consistently when he's on the court. Caleb Martin, he's like you said, high energy player, shooting 33% from three-point range. So he's not going to replace what you get from Max Struess, but at least as a body, somebody who could play the three for you, back up Jimmy Butler in certain situations. Yeah, that's going to be Caleb Martin's role. What I will say is um if they do start suffering any more injuries and they start to and you start to see this depth get hit a little bit more, maybe that's when that 15th roster spot comes into play. Uh, you could sign somebody to a non-guaranteed deal and waive them if that buyout player who you want comes available down the line at some other point. Uh, maybe you uh, maybe you consider some sort of trade. I don't know, but uh, th- those are all questions for future heat. Like that's a that's a problem that might arise later on down the road. For now. I think you just have Caleb Martin picking up Max Drews's minutes and then figure it out. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Oak Paul is probably going to get some playing time. There's yeah. just there aren't, there isn't any other option right now. You can't go to Oladipo. Struess isn't available. You know that Spo likes to keep a tight rotation. I can already hear somebody suggesting, well, why don't you start Tyler Hero? He's like your best player off the bench. He might be one of your top three players on the roster. Anyway, go ahead and put him in the starting lineup. Let Duncan shift up to the three. Let Jimmy play some four minutes. Uh, etc. Maybe PJ Tucker can come off the bat. No, that's not going to work. I suppose never going to do that. He's never going to change a rotation. He feels comfortable bringing the bench guys off the bench. Uh, it's just the way he works. It's always how he's operated. He's rarely made that change. The only time I can think of it, and it worked out particularly well, was in the Orlando bubble when he brought Goran Dragic into the starting lineup. And normally that would not have been the case. So I think these were unusual circumstances. The playoffs are a completely different animal. Seven game series, obviously, you want to be able to to include any wrinkles that you possibly can there. But I just think uh oh, this roster is fairly set. And uh, at this point in time, I don't think there's going to be any changes. You're not going to pick up a player here and there. Uh, can you bring in somebody from the G League and well, add them to the Marcus roster? Garrett. I mean, yeah. he's on that like you could you could recall him from Sioux Falls, right? That's an yep. option. Uh Gabe Vincent was he used to be a good three-point shooter like in college and stuff. He's not <laughs> any he's not right now, but I miss I, those days. Well, maybe because he's being asked to be Kyle Lowry Jr. Like maybe if you're Spolstra, you can play him off the ball a little bit more, allow Tyler Hero to be sort of that pseudo point guard off your bench. Um, you play, you know, you stack continue to stagger Lowry and Butler as you have. And then maybe you bring in Gabe Vincent, play like, hey man, just play some good defense, play off the ball a little bit, maybe on spot up, uh, spot up threes, you have a little bit better of a chance. I think there's some other options too that that he can go in. But like I said, for now, just let Caleb Martin take the minutes. It's that simple. He's been fine for you as an energy guy. You got enough uh, playmaking, enough shooting, you got other stuff. It's not like Max Max Drews is good, but it wasn't like he was lighting the world on fire. We we have yeah. high expectations for him later this season. The one thing you are missing if you're the Heat is that high variance instance right where max Struess comes off the bench and he's like six for nine from three-point range or something on a given night and wins you a game like kale martin's not doing that 
Uh, but again, you know, it, it, it's not as if they don't have shooters otherwise uh, on other places on the roster that can can do those kinds of things at some point. Yeah, no, and I also quickly want to point out, man, the depth of, the depth of this team has been pretty good. I know you and I talked even before yeah. the season started. Yeah. We were looking at preseason games and going, oh man, the depth is a little iffy. They've been nice. Like, look, a lot of it is just getting punched in the face by Lowry in that starting lineup. I totally understand that, but you want to be able to bring in guys, hero. I mean, without saying he has been phenomenal, incredible scoring from him, but you're getting incredible minutes from Deadman. You're getting great play from Markeith Morris. He's really seemed like he's gotten into great shape and understands his role. Even Struess in those minutes, I'm sure Martin will, will hold his own here. You can't be smirched Miami's depth. Like if that was a concern for national pundits going into the season and, and ourselves included. I don't think it is anymore. So I think a lot of the concerns were overstated. We'll see how it happens. You know, I'll see how it plays out. And yes, there's always the possibility of Victor Oladipo returning and adding even another dimension to an already pretty solid group. But uh, let me move on. And before we talk a little bit about Miami's new city edition jerseys, I want to tell all of our listeners and viewers about Shopify. It's a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, our point-of-sale app, and accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So startups, upstarts, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. I think Big Face Coffee is actually on Shopify, which is pretty interesting. Uh, scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and Shopify helps you make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. It powers over 1.7 million, million businesses, excuse me, from first scale to full scale, reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integration and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on NBA right now. That's shopify.com slash locked on NBA. And don't forget, we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball's postseason, the NHL, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON. Reminder, you can always reach us via email at lockedonheat at gmail.com or via Twitter, using the hashtag AskLHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. A big day for Miami Heat fans, Wes. The launch of the City Edition jerseys across the NBA. The theme was mashup. And as explained to me in a meeting on Friday with Michael McCullough, the executive vice president of uh, and chief marketing officer for the team, 
they explained how they was just supposed to be an amalgamation of all the key moments in franchise history and then the Heat creative team interpreting them into a very unique way. Just quick thoughts. What did you think about the mashup jerseys? Um, fine, like cool. I'm, I'm sort of withholding judgment until I see them in person. We're going to see them in person for the first time, November 4th against Boston at a yep. home. Uh, and so that's very exciting, but, uh, it's one of those jerseys where, okay, I'm seeing the pictures, you see them, the model images and stuff with Jimmy and bam and all that. I got to see them in person because the one interesting thing that's, uh, about it is that all these players can pick different style numbers which is really cool like as a concept right like you could pick anything from those classic old like throwback miami heat numbers you could pick like the blackout numbers you could pick the miami vice numbers i love that they included the floridian numbers you know how fond i am of those jerseys like you are able to include a floridian number in there the championship gold from last year all that stuff uh very very cool uh but what that like i'm a little concerned that i could look a little bit like alphabet soup out there Oh. <laughs> on the, the, the one that he Twitter is so fond of using is the ransom note letters. That's really unfortunate. I, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know. This is look, this was a fun story about the, the, the ability to pick your own numbers and everything else like that. McCullough mentioned to us uh, that like one player was even on the phone with his wife, like holding a camera, kind of saying like FaceTime with her and was like, Oh, what do you think of these two numbers? Right. And then she would offer opinion and, and they would kind of smile and laugh about it. The players really got into it. And I think that's part of the fun here is that the fans can do the same thing. They can create their own versions online. And then I wrote in a piece for Forbes how there's going to be an in-arena store called The Lab that is going to be creating these jerseys for you. And you can see it's an open-air two-story concept. As you create your jersey, it will stitch them up there, and then it will just deliver them like a conveyor belt directly to you so that you can have your jersey picked up. Again, 7,000-plus unique combinations uh, that's incredible right. like there's so many different options there you can get your own jersey and no two will be alike you'll never see another one like it because of the ability to customize whatever numbers you want to use what would your number be oh uh well i would probably go with the classic 41 uh, in honor of glenn rice i've said it before the only jersey i actually have in my collection is 41 yeah i would go with four it's my lucky number it just has been but then you're lo- but that the problem with that is now i'm losing an opportunity to add another number there right so could i go like zero four i wonder if i can do that yeah, um I don't, I don't see why not you go yeah. double zero right isn't wasn't josh Ritz in the double zero or was he, he yeah was zero? i'm not a big fan of the double zero pick a number man that's not a number that's the absence of numbers uh <laughs> is that how math works i don't know um yes. <laughs> so uh, no, I, I think they're cool. I didn't mean to sound negative. I just, I'm, I think the court, by the way, is really interesting. And the one Hell thing about yeah. the heat I love, and you're talking about the lab and all this stuff, is, is everything is so well thought out with them. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the success of the Vice campaigns, not only how cool they looked, but how they were able to become a part of the community here, right? Like, yep. how many Vice license plates do you see driving on 95 now? I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, a ton of people have the jerseys, wear them around. There's one guy at my gym who wears like a, uh, I can't remember which player it is. I think it's Bam, a vice jersey. It's like once a week. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Like you're definitely like a NBA player now. Um, but um, it's just really interesting. And so you got to give the Heat the benefit of the doubt when it comes to all this stuff because you compare what the Heat did. Like the Heat are like, all right, cool. We've done this. And the, you know, you and I know this talking to people in the organization. Like they're years and years ahead of working on this stuff, right? Like all yeah. the vice concepts were years in the making and in planning, right? Um, and so this one was too, I'm very, I'm sure you did all the reporting on it again. Great piece that you did for Forbes out there, but, um, 
you look at that compared to a team like New Orleans, like the Pelicans, like oh, their boy. city edition was just their regular jersey, the white jersey that says New Orleans on it. And they were just like, ah, let's just like, it, and it just says NOLA, like N-O-L-A on the front. It's like, it's like the, the NBA was like, all right, hey guys, uh, tomorrow we need all of your city edition stuff, like the official concept drawings and everything. Like, let's just get, put our name like, on there. Oh my God, we totally forgot about that. Just write NOLA on it really quick and send it in. Like that's New Orleans's thing, and that's yeah. not been the heat at all with all this stuff. They have as much fun with it as possible, and that's good because that's the whole point of this. Right. No, no, absolutely. Spot on. I mean, there were a lot of them there that I think were dogs. I I, I agree with you. I think a lot of fans are kind of a wait-and-see approach. I think yeah. when you get there, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't know that the Vice jerseys clicked right away, too, to my recollection. Maybe, maybe it was much more positive, but I think some people kind of – hesitated a little bit because the color like the scheme first, is so different they're like the first year of the honda element people are like is that just a box like that's weird and then eventually it just catches <laughs> on and now you see them everywhere yeah yeah man, good point I, I you know the thing about the heat is they do things so differently they take such incredible pride in, in doing things innovatively and you know just whether it was COVID sniffing dogs for allowing fans back in the arenas or just the way they've gone paperless, the way they just do all their ticket sales, the way they gather data uh, when fans are attending their their games and things of that sort. Everything they do is looking years into the future. They're always trying to be on the cusp of the latest and newest innovation. And they really believe that this is going to be a game changer. They, They made a significant investment i wrote about this for the forbes piece but they they invested somewhere close to four hundred and fifty thousand dollars between the production of the numbers and the, the ones that they have in stock and the production of the in-house lab that they're going to have in the arena section 112 so they're they're looking at making that money back and then some they really do believe that when people see the finished product and allow them to customize their jerseys that they're going to have another big seller i i think they'll probably wind up topping the charts in terms of overall sales yet again because they've done it through every year for the past well few seasons it's really well said um and it's a really great point that you make there because so many of these teams have lost so much revenue having not having had fans in the arenas for a year and a half two years and you would think that all of these other organizations would see an opportunity like this and like okay how can we maximize our revenue opportunity here right like how can we make this a legitimate uh you know revenue stream for us for a season and then yeah. you've got, I mean, not to keep throwing the Pelicans under the bus here, but like, what is that, <laughs> it. dude? Like, 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 what is that? It's just terrible. And then look, you've got other, like the Orlando Magic thing. Like you and I are going to talk about this on Locked on NBA in more depth. And, and yeah. we're going to criticize a lot of these jerseys. And I think there's a lot of awesome ones out there too. But then there's, you know, the Lakers just sort of rehashing what they had yeah. last year. The Phoenix Suns rehashing what the, like you had an opportunity here to really make up some lost revenue. And that's why the Heat continue to be evaluated in the top half of the league as far as franchise evaluation and value. Uh, and some of these other teams don't. It's not just because of the city edition jerseys, obviously, but it's when you see these opportunities and then take advantage of it. Again, I don't, uh, I'm not going to bow at the altar at every Miami Heat jersey. I hated the blackout ones. I hated the whiteout ones. I hated home the, strong, the black buddy, home tie strong. ones. The home strong ones were, I, I appreciate the sentiment, but they were ugly. Uh, these I'm still withholding judgment about whether or not I will like them. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely like them more than those already. Yeah. Like they're not the worst heat jerseys ever. And, um, maybe, maybe they'll rise up my ranks, uh, when I see them in person, which I'm very excited again, November 4th against Boston. Um, speaking of, Celtics just rolled out like the same, uh, throwbacks. They always do like talk about a team that doesn't like any, anything interesting. So, um, yeah, excited to see this in person. Oh, and I really like the fact that, the court is outlined with yeah. the yellow piping, you know, yeah. to symbolize the 
get those motherfucking ropes out of here from Ray yeah, Allen right. back in 2013. Oh, right. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. That, that was a nice touch. And on the uniform as well. So a really nice touch. A couple other things like that throughout uh, in the uniform that people will see once they go up close. 20, 22 home games, I think, throughout the year where they will be able to see these games up close uh, and these uniforms up close and the court as well. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. Certainly November, not. November 15th, right? People could start ordering them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. November 14th, I think, is 14th, yeah. a special uh, edition. So a special event where they have it's called Midnight Madness. And from that point forward, you can start ordering uh, your jerseys and other memorabilia and, and and gear and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Always kind of fun to see fans rally about it. And I started to see a lot of it over the course of the day, you know, tweeting pictures and things of that sort. And of course, the piece for Forbes. And, and it's just like everybody kind of eventually just says, you know what? They're actually pretty good. So I'm curious to see how the buzz continues to grow. I'm also a little surprised Zach Lowe didn't write anything about it. But uh, I wonder yeah, if we're going to get a Miami. Jersey pieces this year. He didn't, he usually What's that? One. He didn't do any of his jersey pieces. No, you're right. He usually does one. Maybe it'll come out later, right before they're supposed to actually wear them. I don't know. Um, well, there be. A you Miami did a bang up job on yours, so I don't know that anybody needs to write about the Miami Heat one again. Do, do, do you think there'll be a Miami mashup version of Bernie? Oh yeah, I mean that's everything. I mean they have a whole like a whole merchandise thing now, like sweat sweaters and T-shirts and stuff. Like they just they 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 pull out all the stops on this. It's it's high risk, right? Because if the jersey sucks, then you're stuck on all this uh, yeah. merchandise that you can't sell. Uh, right. But again, you look, uh, the NBA tweeted out a photo of like all of them together, yeah. you know, like all 30 of the city editions. And you just yeah. kind of go like, there's some really, really nice ones. Again, we're going to talk about it on locked on NBA. I've got some favorites that I want to discuss, but uh, as far as just like out of the box, the Miami heat one really stands out big time. All right. Well, that does it for today's episode. Uh, you'll hear from us and see us following Tuesday's game against the Dallas Mavericks that tips off at 730 over at the America Airlines Center. Wes and I will be with your recap after that game. So make sure you always make us your first listen every day. Thanks to so many of you for supporting this episode and for always uh, supporting the Locked on Heat podcast. This is David Ramil uh, and Wes Goldberg signing off for now. <laughs>